0: Welcome ladies and gentlemen to the Aero People Podcast. With me today is Stanley Bujera. Did I pronounce her name right? Bujera. Buje. I'm improving, let's give yeah. me a few tries. Um, Stanley is one of the OGs of Maltese Aviation. Um, he's the managing director of DC Aviation in Malta. He is the President of the Maltese Business Aviation Association, board member of the European Business Aviation Association, is, if I have seen it correctly. Stanley, when do you find
1: time to sleep? Um, usually at night, sometimes. <laughs> um, um, I know it sounds like a, like a soundbite, but w- when you love what you do, it doesn't feel like you're working um uh, and i honestly love i've been doing this all my life um obviously having a family it's it, it does get complicated occasionally um but uh, yeah you know if, if if you want something hard enough usually you find the time and uh you know like i said i like what i do and uh, I find the time.
0: What was first, family or aviation? Chronically uh, chronolo- <laughs>
1: chronologically, <laughs> um, um, first first came aviation. I mean, I've been doing this all my life um, uh, for more than thirty years. I will not tell you how old I am. So, for more than thirty years, but my son is six years old. So obviously, aviation came first. Um, uh, than than the family it it is the biggest struggle everything else it's it's really uh, not a huge uh, effort from my side in terms of you know giving the time to the industry um, with the family it does get complicated because if your son i don't know has his first show uh, at school mm. um, it's the first time that's happened in 30 years that i've missed in, in ter- that I've missed an event last year. I did not make it to the to Miba in Dubai um, because it was the first time my son was doing the Christmas pageant. Um, yeah. It was exactly on the same, you know, half an hour of my son, and I thought, okay, why am I working at the end of the day as well? So, uh, so I gave the Dubai air show a miss and. It was a successful Dubai Air Show and a successful um, pageant from from my son. So yeah, I mean, we all have to to deal with this uh, at some point or the other, but overall um, manageable.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree. At the end of the day, even though we love aviation, it will not push us in the wheelchair when we're old. No, <laughs> to, to be honest. Um, Stanley, you are native Maltese, so we have experienced the massive growth of the Maltese aviation community and the registry. 9H is basically everywhere. What do you think were the reasons for for the Maltese registry and the aviation community here to grow that fast?
1: Like I said, I've been 30 years in the industry, um, so I saw it happen. I was actually there um, when it happened. And I'm obviously biased being Maltese, but I think for a small island, when we put our mind to it, um, there is nothing that we cannot achieve, which sometimes annoys me a lot, um, because there's a lot of things that we don't do. Um, but keeping it aviation, back in 2008, the government at the time decided, we are very successful in shipping. Why not emulate um, that success in, 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 in the aviation industry? And, you know, we all complain about politicians not listening and doing their own thing and whatnot. But at the time, they actually came to the industry and. And asked, so what do you think would make Malta successful jurisdiction? And um, you know, after a lot of discussions and whatnot, we came up with 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 a package, if you like, um, to start and attract um, the industry to the island. And at first. Malta was very successful with business aviation. We've seen VisnaJet Jet come, uh, come to Malta, one of the bigger players in the industry, and still here, Comlux, and, and so many others. I mean, uh, everyone who has more than three planes is, is, is here, at least. E- e- even smaller ones. And, and I think, you know, again, when, when the world thinks of Malta, they think Tex Haven. However, you and me are both in the industry, maybe the users of the, the business jets are you know, rich and powerful and, and looking for tax havens, but us, the operators, the, the, uh, the aircraft operators, the MROs, the, the, the service providers, the margins are very slim, mm-hmm. like any other aviation industry. doesn't matter whether you're business or airline. As soon as there's a hiccup, we all suffer. Um, whether it is co- an economic downturn, a COVID, uh, whatever it is, it always affects us and badly.
0: We're the first to suffer, the last to recover. Um, uh,
1: so the attraction was never tax. Maybe a little bit helped, but I would say, and and uh, you know, with hands on heart, I would say probably less than 10% than anybody's decision to come and do business from an aviation perspective in Malta. If you ask me, and I think I speak on behalf of most of the members of the Malta Business Aviation Association, um, the biggest selling point of the island is the jurisdiction efficiency. Yeah. So for example, you know, we're talking about aircraft. Um, you buy an aircraft like you buy a car. You want to use it as quickly as possible. You don't want to wait six months to register the aircraft, like when you buy the car. If the showroom dealer tells you, "Yeah, yeah, it's your car. Here's the paperwork that it's your car," but you can only drive it out of here in six months' time, you get very annoyed. And and in the aviation world, it. It had started to happen. Unless you're a big airline um, in in the West, you buy a business jet. Again, unlike airlines, we tend to have different uh, manufacturers and different types. So you're all the time adding new types on your AOC. uh, And you go and speak to your authority, and they say, well, I'll give you an appointment to speak in two months' time. Then you submit. And then, you know, and it takes air. To to start an AOC, and that would almost be almost good um, back in 2009, 2010. Um, Where Molda made a difference is that as long as you get your ducks in a row, meaning you're IASA compliant, you have IASA compliant manuals, you have competent personnel post holders. you had a guarantee that within three months you have your aoc if you're adding an aircraft within 30 days you add your aircraft to your aoc and that was unheard of
0: i I still have some authorities in my year that said at least six months at least that means not faster than six months
1: Um, um Even more than that, recently we added a helicopter on on the Maltese Register, the the DC Aviation Group. Um, We started the process on a Saturday at 8 o'clock in the evening, talking to the authority. We informed the authority that we would like to add the helicopter. So on Saturday evening, I had reserved the, uh, the registration, continued the conversation on Sunday. Within a week, that helicopter was, was registered in Malta, private category. Um, with all the documents, all the paperwork, I will not mention the jurisdiction where we intended to register, but they said, oh, we're going on holiday, it's summer now, the first inspector available to speak to you about your intentions is available in a month and a half time. How do you explain that to to an an, air, an aircraft yeah. owner? Um, and purely from a business sense point of view, it's a tool. I need to, you know I need to make money. I cannot wait for you to give me. Yeah. I need to use it. <laughs> I need to use it. So I think the the biggest the biggest um, advantage of the jurisdiction and still is to date is how efficient and cooperative. Um, and, and Stefan, you've, you've also spoke to the authorities here. Um, so, you know, it's not lip service. They're very responsive. Um, f- from top to bottom. Um, because, yeah, sometimes you get you experience that the top man tells you, yeah, 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 okay, no problem. But uh, so far, the Maltese jurisdiction, and I think that's, that's the secret of its success, otherwise you wouldn't get also bigger players like Eurowings, um, like um, uh, Ryanair, and all these big players that have chosen Malta as their as their base, um, it wouldn't otherwise it wouldn't have worked.
0: Uh. So you see, actually, even if it's an authority, if it's a government officials, they set the tone for the success of a whole industry. When you think about that, because usually they say. We are government officials. We don't care about that. Or I have heard this from someone else. Um, and when you see how much that impacts, how many it must be hundreds of people that have now a job innovation in, in Malta. How much even tax return that that produces just because of a few people. And I still remember the office, which was a barrack mm. back then, to five or six people. Um, those few people set the tone for hundreds afterwards, just because someone thought, let's think about that, like, in enterprise.
1: So, so that the um, business aviation contributes directly a quarter of a billion to the Maltese economy. Indirectly, three quarters of a billion to the Maltese economy on an annual basis. And why, why do I say indirectly? You know, things like, the business people, so we get to Malta now. Approximately two and a half thousand flights, with an average of three passengers on board who stay in five, at, at a minimum five-star hotels. The crew, the, the the passengers themselves, or higher, mm-hmm. yeah, luxury, whatever. But definitely, you know, we're contributing, or we know what our portion is is contributing to the Maltese economy. And we have continuity um, from a jurisdiction perspective. You see this in the news, you probably experience, know it better than I, uh, as as you're, you're in mainland Europe, that there's a lot of uncertainty when there's a change in the power structure of a country multa with with all the services industries not not just aviation it's a guarantee that irrespective of who's in power there's a consensus of how they would like to Mm -hmm. keep that industry growing so rarely there are major hiccups i'm not saying that there won't be changes but they're insignificant to, to the overall picture
0: awesome when you, when you look at DBA or or most of the, most, some, at least some of the national associations, they're basically there to speak with one voice with the regulators and more as as to hold balance because otherwise you get over-regulated.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I don't have that feeling with MBA, with, with your association,
1: um...
0: the, that this is necessary, no?
1: In, in I understand what you're saying. Obviously, like I said, multa is an Iasa jurisdiction. So, from, from an a regulation point of view, from an Iasa perspective, there's little we can do. But I do understand that there are some NEAs where, first of all, the interpretive element of of uh, of Iasa rule, they take possibly a more restrictive. Yeah. Um, uh, approach. Plus, there are some jurisdictions where they add um, certain regulation, yeah. which not necessarily always is aviation-related. Some of it could be um, like, for example, in terms of uh, employing third-country nationals and things like that, where in some jurisdictions it's more complicated than in others. Mult, again, as a whole, works with you the operator, the MRO, the the service provider, to achieve your goals um, rather than inventing stuff. So the relationship between the MBAA and and the authority on a local um, uh, perspective is very good. We don't really need to, I don't know, to be, to, the, to be the balancing factor. What I think the, our biggest role in, 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 the, um, in the Maltese environment as, as an association is more one of sometimes you take your success for granted. And especially people who maybe were not involved there in it from the beginning. Mm-hmm. They only know it like that. Mm. They think, like, oh, it's easy, you know, kind of thing. And what I keep telling everybody, the beauty of business aviation is also a threat. We're highly mobile individuals. We're used to work elsewhere. We we all had to, you know, leave uh, mommy's uh, kitchen at a very early stage and go and work on, study, whatever, on the other side of the Atlantic, not not just in a different country. Um, So unless we maintain as a minimum the the level of service that our clients got used to, there isn't a, a high threshold for patience Mm. if it stops working for six months it's it's probably three months too many and we start seeing people looking looking at other jurisdictions who are listening so i think that is definitely one role from a from a multi-business aviation point of view the other role is again We've been there now for quite some time, so sometimes, yeah, it's, it's a new jurisdiction. So if you come to the island and you don't know where to start, um, it, guide them. we 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 kind of mm-hmm. yeah give them a guide. If you're here and you're a little bit stuck because of our relationship with with the authorities, again, by all means, you identify your issue with the authority, whichever authority it is. But if you let the association know, then we voice your concern as well. And like that, the, the authority knows that, okay, this is not just a Stefan or a Stanley problem, but it's, you know, more more people are feeling this and we need to do something about it. And we don't let it go, you know, until they 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 fix the... The situation um, we had some wins um, and we have some bones which we're still fighting with but one recent one is that finally we have business aviation companies can have um, a handling license at the airport because before it was only the airline handlers who yeah. could handle and as of this year um, March, I believe. Um, there are three extra licenses dedicated to business aviation. So now um, there's dedicated business aviation handling. So so I, I think we, we our role from a Maltese point of view, it's more of um of supporting the industry and supporting the local jurisdiction to keep this feel-good factor, I call it, um, of why you came here in the first place and why you would like to stay here, because it's a win-win for everybody.
0: Mm -hmm. That makes sense. One of your multiple roles is that you're the organizer of the MACE conference. With the team, of course. Um, So everyone who would like to have a look how business aviation or aviation in Malta generally looks like, and how it feels, and who the people are, uh, I guess it would be a good
1: um, point to meet at, at MACE. We started it five years ago, so this is the fifth MACE. And originally the idea was, you know, everybody talks about Malta, but we talk about Malta at eBase. And again, from a Malta Business Aviation point of view, so for example, something which we've done different um, is that I believe in 2009, we took the Maltese um, authorities to eBase. We literally took them to eBase so that they understand what the industry is. Mm -hmm. And from 2010, till last year, the the authority exhibited at eBase. From 2019, the authority and the association co-exhibit at eBase. Mm-hmm. Just to give you a little bit, yeah, yeah the, how it works on, on the island and why it is successful. You, you have this public-private partnership, if you like. So the, the idea behind MACE was, we think, it's high time to have a Maltese event. First of all, for the foreign entities who are here on a permanent basis, it kind of brings, it, brings us all together. Secondly, to showcase a little bit the jurisdiction. Um, and it's not an event for the sake of having an event. And I think, Stefan, you know what I'm talking about. And I mean, we've, we've, we're CEOs in our organizations, business people, business mind, and all of that. And then you go like, who's this guy coming and doing a conference or doing a speech and whatnot, has nothing to do with the industry, all of a sudden realize that there's 10 guys who are willing to pay 100 euros, and yeah. voila, there's a conference.
0: It's a conference from the industry for the industry.
1: And and MACE is a conference from the industry to the industry, supported by the local government, yes. We do showcase a little bit Malta, of course. Um, But it's much more than that. It is is a real aviation conference where we speak about any challenges uh, that the industry is facing in its diversity together. New new concepts and new ideas. You mentioned Alan last year. We, we did something together with, uh, with Raven. Um, we had Anita Sengupta. I don't know if you know who Anita Sengupta is, but uh, she's a NASA um, engineer, ex NASA engineer, who now has her own company called Hydroplane. Um, but she was the designer of the parachute landing system of the first landing on Mars, um, talking about um, uh, hydrogen-powered batteries for for aircraft, even before hydrogen was the talk of the town Mm. kind of thing. And this was done in little Malta, little maze kind of. So we always, we had the the, the, um, aviation director from the World Bank uh, in the the first maze. We had uh, people from IAZA, people from the European Commission, Brennan uh, from, um, Eamon Brennan from uh, Eurocontrol. This year we have uh, Marilyn Bastin from Eurocontrol. We have Laila Ben-Harib as well, who is, it, she was the first female civil aviation director in the UAE. She was the first female representing the aviation sector at ICAO. Um, from the Middle East. You know, it's not about going there and listening to Stanley, listening to the minister, listening to Charles Parch and telling you how great we are. It's it's really a place where the industry comes together um, with some taught uh, program. There is a panel discussion. I mean, last year we had the minister sitting in a panel with the industry basically questioning him. Why is the European Commission doing this? And, and, and he was more than happy. And not all of it, obviously, was, uh, let's say, not, not friendly, obviously, it was all. Him. But not all of it was easy from a politician perspective. But he was willing to sit in a conference, having a panel discussion openly. Yeah. And I promise you, it was not staged, not scripted. Not, he didn't know what we were going to say or ask. So it's that kind of event. I think where Mace has also been successful is that um, it's not huge. So we get about three hundred delegates, seventy-five percent of which are CEOs, CFOs, COOs, investors. You know, so when you when you're there and you're doing your um, networking and exchanging your business card, you're talking to someone who's a decision maker. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, um, yes, I can help you with maintenance. Yes, I can help you with handling. Yes, I can. And what do you think? Shall we put a bit of pressure at EBAA to do something about security at the airport?
0: Yeah. Whatever, yeah, it's, it's, you, you're closed. The, the, the way is not going to someone who can see It's, mm-hmm.
1: it, it's, I think that's, the, that's it, secrets of f- for, for success. I mean, we've been doing five years row. So. We actually managed to do it even during COVID online. And funnily enough, it worked, you know, we still got about 260 delegates. Um, uh, so I guess something right we're doing. It's not the worst of places to be in, in in October. Actually, from an organizer point of view, it's the biggest challenge. I remember the first time we did it, I don't know if you remember, Stefan, in 2019. Um, it was at this Grand Hotel Excelsior, and the weather was beautiful. It was October. No, it was November, November. And the weather was beautiful. It was 27 degrees, whatever. So we're all there in suits, you know. It's, we're excited because it's our first conference. And you see all these Austrians and French and Germans coming from cold wherever. <laughs> and till five minutes before the start of the conference, they're still in their swimming trunks, <laughs> enjoying the sun and thinking, should I really go and see what this is all about? And you go like, oh no, oh no, I want bad weather. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm not going to get them inside. Uh, but, but Conference in
0: London doesn't have
1: that. Yeah, exactly. Conference in London doesn't have that problem.
0: It's a good problem to have. And obviously, people are interested to, to Even though with the good weather to go into the conference and talk to each other, so it's... No, I think it's also part, little part of the multi-success story.
1: Yeah, I mean... I don't know, a lot of people tell me... Why you've never left the island. Um, Because I guess I could have worked anywhere. Um, Obviously, when
0: you you get bored, you just find something else (laughs) to...
1: But... I love the country. It's 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 my place, and I always thought that if if I can make the industry or help not make because it's not it's not I did not make it but help the industry be successful through an MBA through MAs, then selfishly. I'm ensuring that I'm successful in my own personal business.
0: So we take that, that as our closing words. hmm Thank you, Stanley, for having us. Thank you for providing your wonderful facility here in Malta. Thanks for listening and watching. This was our first recording outside of our office. Um, I think, again, Stanley. Thank you. Um, And yeah, we see each other tomorrow. We see each other next week. Bye. Bye.